In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. One thing we're all seeking is, is peace. Because it is, it's something that makes us the best we can be. Um, we've spoken about peace before, and, and I explained that one of the greatest ways of thinking about it is if you're in the midst of a very turbulent setting, then you sometimes don't know where to go, where to hide. If you're trying to look into a very turbulent body of water, you can't see very much. All, that is, all that's happening is you get a stirring up of, of mud. I remember traveling to one place that I go regularly every year for um, a youth convention. Every year we go over this long bridge and the water is quite beautiful, it's very blue. And then this one year we went over this water and it was brown, noticeably different. And it was because that particular year there was a strong current and the water was much more um, uh, active. And so what happens is it was pulling up the mud from the, from the base, from the, f the floor of that body of water, and it muddied all the water. And so if we're trying to look where we are, that turbulence, that movement, sometimes works against us being able to really see clearly. But of course, if you go to other places where there's very clear water, it's very serene. You, you look and you see the seabed and you see all the beauty in the array of colors because of that clarity. So the peace we seek is not just because I want to have an easy life, it's not just because I don't want stress. Those are resultants. You know, why do you want peace? Um, because I just don't want to have problems in my life. And I think we underestimate the meaning of peace. Peace is one of the characteristics given to our Lord Jesus Christ himself when we refer to him as the Prince of Peace. So peace is something that is beautiful and is essential. In the Gospel of St. John, when our Lord speaks to his disciples, he says to them, my peace I give you. Not as the world does, because the worldly peace that we think about is a life free from drama and trauma and conflict, whereas the peace we speak about, speak about in a Christian context is the peace of Christ. And so if I'm looking for that peace, I need to figure out, am I with him? No, if he is that source then am I with him? And if we go back to that passage I was just referring to in John 15, our Lord says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So if we're seeking that peace, we need to come to a very clear realization that we can't reach it without Christ. Without me, you can do nothing. And that's not meant as you're worthless or you don't have value. It's, 
I want to give you my peace. My peace I give you. I want to give you of myself because I am the vine and you are the branches. This isn't something I'm doing against my will or begrudgingly. This is something I want to give you willingly. But abide in me. And that's where we find that peace. So if I'm looking for that peace, I need to be with him. And with him means a variety of things. Some people think with him means to pick up your Bible and read it on a daily basis. For others, it will be to pray. For others, it will be to spend time with reflection. For others, it will be to have some retreat. For others, it will be to pray unceasingly all day. So we need to figure out for ourselves, what does it mean for me to abide in him? To be with him? How do I actually become one of those branches? And the answer is by attaching myself to him. You know, the the problem is that when you get a tree and there's a branch coming off it, it grows naturally, it's organic. If that branch falls, or something happens to it, or you're trying to graft a new branch onto a tree, then you need to go to greater lengths. You need to be able to to do that, and it takes more work. So, first and foremost, we should try not to be broken off from him. We should try not to be broken off. But even the event that we are, we can always be grafted back. Because once you have this branch, whether it's originally there or grafted later, that's where the nourishment goes. That's where the source of sustenance is. That's where our Lord speaking about a good tree giving good fruit. It's where... The nourishment goes up and then goes into the branches and from the branches we get the fruits. So I need to graft myself to him. And that means for me to be with him constantly. Not not constantly as in every minute, because that's great. You know, that's a great aspiration. But for most of us, that doesn't work. But constantly as in, in the significant parts of my day, in what I'm doing, to to take him with me, to make sure that he accompanies me. Not to leave him isolated, not to just leave him in a way that I'll call on you when I need you, but in a way where he is my companion. And as my companion, he becomes that source of peace in my life. First epistle of St. John, chapter 4, verse 20, we read, If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God? whom he has not seen. 
So being with him also means holding our hearts in check. We, we meet problematic people across our life journey, whether it's family, friends, acquaintances, colleagues at work, uh, people walking down the street with me. There's a variety of people, and many of those people could strike me as problematic and very different. Now, one of the things that stops me from being with him is focusing on how difficult they are. And I'm not denying it. Of course, people are difficult. I'm, I'm sure I can be very difficult sometimes, although you can't comment on that. But when we have those feelings of true Christian love where I can say, yes, you know what, you're difficult, but I can put it aside. I still love you. You know, I see you. And, and when we're speaking about those whom we see, what do we mean by it? It means I can see the good and the bad. It means I can see you, I can see your strengths, I can see your weaknesses, I can see your power, I can see your victory, I can see your defeat. But I still love you. Because in loving you, I then demonstrate that I love God. And that's really, really important. That's why our Lord says to us so often that we should not have enemies or love our enemies. Why? Because this enmity becomes an obstacle to my peace. It's not about the other person as much as it is about me. Because at the end of the day, the way I live my life, and I'm sure you've experienced this in your own lives, we have very little, if any at all, control on others. We can't control others. Others make their own choices, make their own decisions, live their own lives the way they want to live. If I am going to be reactive to others, then they're the ones who guide my life. But if I'm going to put myself in a position where I can say, I love even my enemy. I'm not going to give my enemy control over me. Then if I do that, I am then able to live that life of peace that brings me closer to our Lord. And of course, as St. John says to us here, if I can demonstrate this love for others, if I can truly live it, then of course it makes it easier for me to love God because I see Him through them. Of course, we all have to make arrangements in our lives. You, you, you study, you get qualifications, you work, you have a career, you want to progress, all of those things. You know, families, children, uh, further careers, um, and there's a cycle of life. But how many times do those elements cause us to worry? They cause us to worry. They don't just cause us to think about them, because we all think. 
I was having a conversation recently, and and I was saying that to have faith is not to not have concerns, but it's not to worry about concerns. So if I see a crime rate increasing, or if I see terrorism rising, or if I see injustice somewhere, of course I'm going to be concerned about it. If I see my family going through a situation, or my friends, or, or my colleagues, of course I'm going to be concerned. But it should not lead me to losing my peace in worry. And that's why in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 6, our Lord says very clearly to us, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Does he say, don't care? Of course not. Because this is the same Lord who says to us that we need to be productive, good and faithful servants who are, who are faithful in what is little and therefore they are given what is much. So he's not saying to us, you know, don't worry about anything. Just, just, just live life haphazardly. So, no, no, don't worry in the very clear parameters of what that word means. Worry in this context is not just to have concern, but it is to, it is to be unsettled. It is to be fearful. And so in that, we also lose a connection with our Lord. Our Lord goes on to say, Do not worry about what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you put on it. For life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Now, that's a very basic sentiment and we all understand it. But we often lose sight of it. You know, I'm sure all of you here could have recited that verse to me, that life is more than food and body more than clothing. And we all know it. We've been taught it from a very young age. We understand it. But when we live our lives, how many people do we know who still know this verse, who end up anxious about work, anxious about career, anxious about income, anxious about home, anxious about relationship, anxious about success, anxiety. It's this anxiety that says, yes, I know that I'm in the hands of God and life is more than just food and clothing and material needs. I know that, but it still causes me to be anxious. And that's an important distinction. In that anxiety, we will never, ever find peace. What we need to be is confident. Confident in Him. Confident not only in what He represents, but what He gives us. He's already given us His image and His likeness. He's given us salvation through the, the cross and resurrection. He's given us the sacraments through His church. He's given us all of these supports. And He wants to give us more and more and more. But what am I taking from all of this? Am I saying thank you because all of this here is beautiful, but really I'm not looking at this. I'm looking at 
this over here. Because this is where my heart is. Remember our Lord when he said, where your treasure is, there is also where your heart. So your heart is not here where it should be. My heart then becomes changed. And it becomes anxious because it holds on to the world. And the peace that comes from our Lord says to us, I'm going to give you peace. But a peace not of this world, because the peace of this world is destabilized by this world. The peace of this world can be taken by this world. The peace I'm going to give you is peace and joy and comfort and confidence that no one can take from you. Because it doesn't belong to this world. It doesn't belong here. It's not part of this world. It's part of what is to come. It's part of the bigger plan. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. Very clear. A peace that surpasses all understanding. And the obstacle at times for that peace is I lose sight of who God is. I lose sight of how omnipotent He is, how powerful He is, how able He is. I lose sight of how in control He is. I lose sight of what He not only can, but what He does do in my life. And in losing sight of that, I lose sight of the wonderful and wondrous things I can have through him. If we follow on from that point and we go to the book of Isaiah chapter 40, we read, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Sorry, eyes. He, he doesn't rest. He's not weary. He doesn't have to slow down. He doesn't have to take a day off. He doesn't have to manage a schedule. He doesn't have to say, well, okay, I'll look after you today and look after you tomorrow because I can only do one of you at the same time. And that, you know, your problem I'll deal with today, but your problem, much more complicated, it needs a five-year plan. He can do everything at the same time. And the fact that he is able to do it means it will be done. But sometimes... It will be that, no, the peace that you are seeking is not in the end that you're seeking. You're seeking something that you think will give you peace, but actually doesn't. What you need to do is choose. Choose the greater portion. Know that our God does not slumber, does not faint. He's not weary. He is unlimited. And most important, he knows each and every one of us. Personally. Intimately. He knows our needs, he knows our desires, he knows our wants, he knows our weaknesses and our strengths. And in, on some occasions, we'll see him very clearly. On others, we can't really see him. Now, does that mean that he changes? Does that mean his, 
his presence in the world changes? Of course not. It doesn't change because he doesn't change. It just means that sometimes I need to see him in a different way. Sometimes I'm looking over there when he's actually right here. Sometimes I'm looking in a way that is not consistent with a life with him. Sometimes I look for him in things. Lord, if you really love me, you would give me success in this, or you would provide that, or you would do this, or you would do that. And we look for him in things. We look for him in what he can provide. We've spoken about God, for us, sometimes being just a service provider. And so we go to him only in those cases. When we understand he's not just a service provider, he's actually my father who is there with me always, and sometimes I have to look a little bit deeper. Sometimes he's not in the earthquake. Sometimes he's not in the storm. Sometimes he's going to be the still small voice. The voice that's clear when I'm looking for him and spending time with him. The minute I start to find him, I can then feel what we read in Psalm 4.8. Which just disappeared. There it is. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And I think we just need to remember that verse. I know I'm safe. I know I'm protected. This is a very easy equation. Question one. Do I believe in God? Yes. Question two. Does he exist? Yes. Leading from that, we then go into, Lord, if you are there and you exist, then I know that I'm not alone. For you are the source that allows me to dwell in safety. Because I know you, because I've, I've experienced you, because I've seen you. Of course, there are sometimes dark times of our lives where our experience just isn't the same. You know, I, might, I might see God very clearly today and then not see him tomorrow. And the closest analogy I can think of is you know, the fact that the sun disappears at night because of the way the earth faces doesn't mean it doesn't exist. If I've experienced it and I know where it is, I know full well that once the night passes, it'll be back. I, I, I don't doubt it. At night, I don't suddenly think, is it, is it going to show up again? Is, is it still there? Will it still provide heat and light? Will it still provide life? <clears throat> and that's why even the darkest times when we can't see God, the darkest times when we feel that he's left us, it's actually very close to that analogy of the earth. 
the sun stays where it is. Now, I hope I don't get this wrong. It's the earth that rotates, right? Good. So the sun stays where it is. The fact that I can't see it is because I have rotated. I'm, I'm looking somewhere else. But I know that by morning, when I come out of that tribulation, that time, that challenge, when I come out of it and I, my face turns back, lo and behold, the sun is still there, giving light and heat and warmth and life. The Psalms are always a, a source of great strength and reassurance. And if you read Psalm 29, 11, we read, the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Peace is a blessing. That's a blessing we must encompass and use. We, we sometimes look for peace that it's out there. I need to chase it. But actually, my peace I give you is the peace that is in here. It's the peace that's given to us by God. It's the peace that, that kicks in when I'm in those darkest moments. Because it's a peace, you know, Satan can't put his hand in and drag peace out of us. What he can do is shield us from other sources of peace. So you know what, if I have a person who's in my life who is a source of peace for me, there could be a conflict and I lose this person so I lose my peace. If my sense of peace comes from my job, I could lose my job so I lose my sense of peace. And likewise, so on and so forth, the external, the world can take away. What's inside me, what's been, what's been planted there, can't be taken away by anybody. The only person who has control over that peace is me. And whether I activate it or not, whether I use it or I just put it aside, I just don't utilize it as well as I should. St. Isaac the Syrian says, He who is a master of possessions is the slave of passions. So if those possessions or those external entities are going to be the source of my peace, then I'm going to be slave of my own passions because those passions are going to be anxiety and fear. You know, what happens when, what happened when, when Brexit was announced? The world suddenly thought the stock markets crashed and the pound went down. They just, guys, just relax. Just give it, give it a few days. Because this anxiety we're all in becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's the same in our lives. We fall into the sense of being uncertain. And by being uncertain and by being weak, we become even more uncertain and more weak. And we lose. We lose whatever God could actually give us. Because we're looking at the wrong things. We don't want to be masters of possessions. We want to be masters of our own lives. The lives that are of God. The lives that He gives us and He fills us 
with the peace that only comes from him. Again, Psalm 37.11, The meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. So maybe it's about meekness. You know, one thing that causes us a lot of meekness is persecution. See, persecution can have one of two results, or one of three results, actually. One, it can make you angry and aggressive and retaliate and vengeful. Two, it can throw us into a sense of victimhood and powerlessness. And three, it says, fine, I know this is my cross. I know I don't carry it alone. And in that, I become more meek. I become more accepting and understanding. I become more confident in it. I realize that it's a means to an end. But you know, we don't want to inherit the earth. What we want is to be able to direct our own lives to our Lord, to be His, and to remind ourselves that He is ours. We're, we're allowed to say He is ours. He needs to be my God, not just our God, not just the God of the world. He needs to be my God, and He is with me. And He looks over me, and He protects me. He is not only my creator and my provider, but he is the source of that peace of which he is prince, that no one has the authority or the gift or the ability or the power to take away because he gives it to us and it remains with us until we see him again in his kingdom. And glory be to God forever. Amen.